So we have our categories as being water, desert, jungle, snow, grasslands, and rocky. Or, or caves. Bit of both. What? what was that? What was that? The hell was that? Incoming transmission from an unknown source. It seems to be urgent. Patching them through. They're calling themselves the Holonet Marauders. Hey everybody, welcome back once again for another episode of the Holonet Marauders podcast. I'm joined here by two of Strono Cookie Tug's assistant chefs, Jamie and Matt. How you guys doing? Cooking up anything good? Yeah. I believe the term is sous chef, but we'll just roll it Uh, right? Right. (laughs) Today, I'd like to welcome everyone to Galactic Park. So what do we mean by a galactic park? So what we're going to try to do is create a Star Wars creature sanctuary of sorts. And we have these six biomes that we selected. Um, So I guess in, in this sense, a biome is a region in which the weather is the same. So we have like water, desert, jungle, snow, grasslands, and then rocky slash caves. I don't know. We couldn't really classify that one that well. So we're each going to pick an animal or creature for each of these biomes, and that's how we're going to build up our sanctuary for our galactic park. And then a note also on this, the animals and creatures that we're selecting are non-sentient, so anything that can actually speak or communicate will obviously not be in this wildlife sanctuary. Let's go with... Water? I'm just going to give mine and get it out of the way because I know that you guys are going to have a fist fight over which ones you actually want in there. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, <laughs> okay. I would love to add to our little sanctuary a gorg. <laughs> a gorg? So oh. A gorg. Good one. So good gorgs one. are the little purple and green creatures that appear in Star Wars Resistance. Uh, one's named Bitey. But it's a, it's literally lives in water. Usually it kind of looks like a frog. But it can come out of the water as well, so it's a little bit of both. And then they also appear in like uh, the water for like the huts. They like eat them, and so they're like also a nice little snack. Not like we're having the huts there to like be patrons because we is definitely gorg, want isn't them. It? Yeah, they are. They they look slightly different, but like if you look into it like further, they are both gorgs, and so they do vary a little bit differently. But it makes sense for like frogs, obviously go from tadpole to like yeah. actual like frog yeah. so yeah it makes sense that you can have like gorgs looking slightly different what's the thing that grogu eats on um that's just a frog <laughs> uh, what what planet was that sorgan yeah yeah that's just a frog not a gorg okay okay <laughs> basic little frog in a puddle is what that was <laughs> and we do have the puppet the hand puppet of the gorg yeah. that you famously got at Star Wars yeah. the famous Gorg <laughs> puppet. Oh man, it is okay. So screen. famous within like our friend group because uh, I so they had at Star Wars Celebration Chicago a bunch of the Gorg puppets, and so you literally just put your hand in it and you can like operate its mouth, and it's adorable. I love it so much. So I named mine Bobby, and let me tell you why. So we were watching the live stage at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. And Bobby Moynihan and Donald Faison were the ones being interviewed. And so they both did voices in Star Wars Resistance. And so, like, it wasn't, like, super crowded around the stage because, like, Bobby and, like, Donald are, like, relatively, like, famous dudes. But at the same time, not for Star Wars. (laughs) They're not famous. So a lot of people were like, yeah, whatever. I freaking love Bobby Moynihan. I always have when he was on SNL. And 
for some reason, Gorgs were mentioned while they were being interviewed. And so I just started like waving my arms around with the Gorg. And so it actually popped up a few times in the Star Wars show live stream, which is really cool. And Donald Faison saw it and he like pointed and he was like, oh, that's really cool. And Bobby Moynihan did not look once. So I named my Gorg Bobby because of this. <laughs> oh my God. Not only, not only did he not look, it was bad. You look. had he, your hand all the way up. And you're tall. Yep. And I am. You know, Gorg <laughs> is sitting there chomping away. It was doing great. I was the best puppeteering work of my life. You're, Total amateur, but best calling, of my life. You're calling his name, okay? Other people around us who don't even know you are calling his yeah. name so that he would turn around and look at it. People in the crowd Which, were like banning together to get him yep. to turn around. And that man was stone and cold. And Donald Faison turned around. Stone yeah. cold. Did not look. Stone Cold's Bobby Moynihan. Does not respond to his own name. <laughs> you can't get him tagging in honestly, this. If, if I ever meet the poor dude, I'm going to tell him about this, and he's probably going to be like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh my god. But anyway, that's that's a... What else you guys got for water creatures? Oh, man. I uh, guess I'll go. Go for it. No, Matt, you go. All right. <laughs> you go. So my animal is the Awa or the air whale. Uh, if you don't know off the top of your head, that is the pterodactyl-like creature that we see a Kaminoan ride on Kamino. And not nice. only, it's a very versatile creature because not only can it swim, it can fly too. Uh, and I think that would be a blast to see at any kind of uh, theme park or sanctuary or anything um, to see one of those creatures, you know, swim, fly, swim, fly. I would definitely like to see one like in the wild, not tamed, not being ridden, but just like doing its own thing. I'd be super curious to see what they do. My favorite fun fact about those guys is the they were originally supposed to be in Phantom Menace. I believe uh, Doug Chang was the concept artist for those, right? And the Gungans were supposed to fly those around in the Phantom Menace in concept art, but then they pushed it back to Attack of the Clones. That would have been insane. Imagine like the Gungans riding those that they're like, ears like behind them just like flopping in like the wind and like through the water that would have been insane i agree those things give me big (laughs) avatar vibes the blue avatar now not the other avatar right right yeah i can see that one of my favorite moments with those guys is uh i keep calling them guys but in clone wars in the arc troopers episode Obi-Wan keeps landing on like the same one he's like ah we keep meeting like this pal yes i love that (laughs) i love that yeah I'm going to be adding a gooberfish from Naboo, Ooh, which probably comes to no surprise. It's like one of my favorite sea creature things. Big gooberfish. So the gooberfish is the first big fish that shows up and tries to take out the the um, the bongo, the bongo sub that Qui-Gon, Jar Jar, and Obi-Wan are in, in Phantom Menace. And then another fish shows up, and that's where we get the, there's always a bigger fish. I always just like the look of them, the the red with the bulging yellow eyes and the little antenna things and don't they have little like crab feet yes they do i was just about to say yeah i love the design of those creatures not only that but i had an action figure of the goober fish and you press a little button on its back and it opened its jaws and it had somewhat sharp teeth too that you could like actually like bite yourself with it was great uh needless to say in all of my star wars adventures i would find a way to work the goober fish in <laughs> it's a good bite someone's finger yeah <laughs> Okay, so for the water biome, we have 
the Gorg, little uh, cute little chompy frog guys. We have the Awa yep. or the Air Whale, which is a giant flying and swimming pterodactyl-like creature. And then we have the Gooberfish or the OPC Killer, as he's also called when Jar Jar is not referring to him. Um, with the uh, big bug eyes and uh, little crab feet. He swims around. He's got little antennas. He's got a good assortment. Yeah. Uh, one's a one's a fish, like one's it. a flying thing, and one's an amphibian. So we got like a good kind of diversity in our first biome. It also like illustrates perfectly how like the biome isn't just like an ocean. It is just like any sort of water source, which makes sense, which is good. Exactly. Nice. How about we do the exact opposite and do desert? <laughs> Ooh, all right. Hey, sounds good to me. I guess I'll go first since I went last. Sure. Sure. All right, so I had three choices written down here, and they all come from Tatooine. But I'm going to go with the Crate Dragon. Which one? I almost chose it. Which one? Yeah, there's the Greater Crate Dragon, and there's the Lesser Crate Dragon. Right. For my desert creature, I'm going to choose a Greater Crate Dragon. Ever since we saw one of those in Mandalorian, I think they're... Super cool. we never really seen a crate Dragon before, other than that skeleton laying in the desert in A New Hope. So I think it's a good choice yeah. for the biome here. And for anybody who doesn't know the difference, he said he made the, the distinction that it's a greater crate Dragon because the one we see in Mandalorian is this like giant six-armed beast that eats Sarlaccs, but it's not the only species of crate Dragon on Tatooine. There's also the lesser crate Dragons, which are more in line with what you'd probably think of when you mentioning crate dragon if anybody's ever played like knights of the old republic they're the four-armed you know kind of like uh, slow crawly lizards with the spikes on their heads they breathe fire and they also have pearls um but yes. they're the lesser crate dragons and the greater crate dragons and since we're going big for this one we got to go greater i'd honestly be in the group that's um would know as the greater crate dragon i would not have even known about the lesser crate dragon like i vaguely remember it from knights of the, knights of the old republic but like i'm like oh there's a lesser one. So I feel like a lot of like people like just tuning in would be like, oh yeah, Greater Crate Dragon. It's just that huge, huge monster, right? Wait, there's other ones. So could be both ways. Look at that. People are learning on our little uh, safari here. Look at that. I've learned a lot in the past like few minutes. I'll be honest. <laughs> All right. So I guess I'll go. For my desert creature, I'm picking the Night Watcher Worm. What? On Jakku. So... After the Jakku village is raided at the beginning of The Force Awakens, oh. Oh. those two little eyes that peer out of the sand and they yeah. go, oh, they make like a noise. <laughs> I love that. That is a Night Watcher worm. In fact, Rey encounters one in the Forces of Destiny, in a Forces of Destiny episode. Uh, and she has like a little hmm. battle with him because he tries right. to eat BB 8 and she like saves him. And apparently, this happens like in between. Like, on the way back from when Tito snatches BB-8 and them going to, like, the AT-AT to, like, hang out at night. I always laugh at that when, um, in The Force Awakens, when they just roll right by and that guy's literally just like, rush, rush, Yeah, right? <laughs> just, like, muttering away. <laughs> For the longest time, I thought that was just some Ithorian, like, sleeping in the Dude, desert. same. The... <laughs> same, yes. same, 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 same. Fully submerged in the sand, apart from the eyes. <laughs> yeah, he's just hiding. Well, he's hiding. I mean, what do they do? Just They're snoozing. raiding the village. So what is he going to do? He'd be like drowning himself with sand if he did that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Better way to go out. Okay, let's see. For a desert animal, I got, honestly, I have like a list of like five, and I'm very surprised that you guys didn't pick any of these. But I'm going to have to go with one of my personal favorites, the bantha. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. You can't have any sort of journey across the desert unless you have a bantha. Plus, uh, you get blue milk, so you can't go wrong. They do move in herds. We're going to have to keep that very far away from the crate dragon. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, no. Oh, my. Uh-oh. Very far away. Our animals won't get go, get along. I guess that's fine. We see like we see in like Jurassic Park. Well, he wasn't supposed to get out, so never mind. The T Rex eats all the little Gallimimuses. Gallimimai. Oh yeah. I don't know how to say that plurally, but uh, he wasn't supposed to, or she wasn't supposed to get out of her pen. So I take it back. We'll have to make sure we pay our IT guy very well so that he keeps all the lights on and doesn't try to steal anything. Uh, you know <laughs> how it goes. This is all just highly hypothetical anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I feel like the Bantha doesn't get much love. Like it To me, it's the original Star Wars creature, sort of. It's so lucrative. Yeah. You can ride the it. The original Star Wars animal. You can milk it. You can pick its teeth. You can pet it and brush it. <laughs> it's like the perfect companion animal. It's Yeah, they're fantastic. Like I, I love Banthas. Like, they low-key are just one of my favorite ones. And they have obviously had a little resurgence because of the events in The Mandalorian, which is fantastic. And I love just seeing them. That was one of my favorite little uh, new merch pieces we picked up in the past year was uh, they had a collection of like little plushies at Target. So, of course, I got the Porg. But we also got this the Bantha, and he is absolutely adorable, and he looks so mischievous, and I he makes me smile every time I see him. And what did we name him? We named him. We named this Bantha, Banthony. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, boy. Anyway, honorable mentions for uh, desert planets were uh, Dubak, Habibor, Eopi, uh, the Okie Pokey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A lot of animals. <laughs> I like the Eopi. Yeah, I'm surprised you guys didn't say the Eopi. That's the one, you know, on Tatooine that farts in Jar Jar's face. We could so. develop oh, we could man. develop like a methane producing plant or something. <laughs> oh man, that'd be great. Fertilizer for years. Oh be my great. god, so many Eopies. Let's do this. So, to recap on the desert biome, we had Greater Crate Dragon, so the giant crate dragon that appears in the Mandalorian. It actually has uh ten legs. I, I counted. And it eats Sarlax for breakfast. We have the Nightcrawler, or sorry, the Nightwatcher worm, which is the worm that pops up out of the sand in The Force Awakens after BB-8 is running away from the village. You only see its eyes, uh, but you see the rest of its body in the Forces of Destiny episode where Rey fights one when it tries to eat BB-8. And then we have the Banthas, which are, of course, one of the oldest animals in all of Star Wars, if not the oldest, if you don't count the crate Dragon skeleton you see. Um, big furry uh, horned fellas with uh, pickable teeth and uh, they move in in straight lines well actually that's only for the uh, only with the Tuscans only with the Tuscans they just kind of hang out otherwise big furry horned fellas big (laughs) big furry horned fellas while you're like giving the recap um, in my head I had like the Marshall's tail like playing so I'm just sitting here like On to the jungle. We're in the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. We got fun and games. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I can start. Wonderful. Yeah, we'll we'll bounce back and forth here. Okay. I am very happy to accept starting with the jungle because I only have one option here written down, so I'm very nervous you guys would have picked it. So the jungle creature that I would pick is the Kowokian monkey lizard. Uh Aha. All right. I would not have picked it. We obviously see uh, Salacious B. Crumb with Jabba the Hutt, the little like monkey lizard, literally sitting on his like shoulder that's laughing thing, yeah. the entire... That's what he is. Um, 
And so we see him uh, inside of Iwa Java, but I had to do a little research, and they are native to a jungle planet. Uh, their planet Kowak. Kowakian? That makes yeah. sense. The planet of Kowak is a jungle planet for the most part. So I was like, all right, makes hmm. sense. If it's a monkey, it'd be in the jungle. So there we go. Kowakian monkey lizard is the way to go. I absolutely love Salacious B. It's, he's just like, first of all, why is his name Salacious B. Crumb? First of all. <laughs> why not? He looks like a Salacious B. Crumb. What else would you name him? Yeah, he does. I don't know. Stinky? <laughs> <laughs> Stinky I bet, Crumb. No, I bet he smells Stinky really good. He sits on Java's butt the entire day. How do you know? Who's the best smelling person in Java's palace? Java the Hutt, dude. The Rancor? Yeah. Boba the Fett. Rancor trainer. He, lo- he looks like he smells good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he looks like a very, very clean fellow. I bet Boba's the nicest smelling person in Jabba's palace because he's probably the only one who's just like these people are animals he's yeah, like i'm likely. an animal i'm a bounty hunter but these people are animals so before we move on i just want to mention the kawaki monkey lizard also makes an appearance in resistance with its lesser yes. known uh brother the kawaki ape lizard which is like a giant gorilla version yeah. of the of salacious bee crumb oh, and he yeah. like beats yeah. poe up it's great on the casino that's one of the funniest episodes, or one of the best episodes, actually. It's a, it's set at a casino that's not actually where they normally are, so they literally go out to this, like, casino where there's, like, races around it. And the muscle, for some reason, are these giant ape Kowokians. <laughs> They're, picture, picture Salacious B. Crumb's head on a gorilla's body, and that's what it looks like. It's fantastic. It's <laughs> Yeah, they also, they, they appear, uh, Kaz and... and- Poe have to fight them. They they like uh, they find a freighter. I think that's where they fi- find Sonara, isn't it? Oh, that's right. Signal from Sector Six is the name of the episode, and they go to uh, they go to a ship with a distress signal, and the Kowakian ape lizards and monkey lizards are like running free, and Poe has to wrangle them with the help of Kaz, but Kaz doesn't help much. That actually might be the first episode with Sonara. Now that now that I'm thinking about it, good lord, she's one of my favorite characters, and I don't even know what her first episode is. That's that's sad. Hmm. I was thinking of, I'm thinking of a different episode, obviously, than you are. Yeah, the Vox Vortex 5000. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. And then you mentioned a different one. You mentioned Poe, which is like one of the first episodes. Yeah, so I was a little confused because I was like, Poe wasn't at the casino. What the hell are you talking about? So these (laughs) monkey apes appear twice. (laughs) Yes, they do. All right. They also appear in The Mandalorian, which is quite funny because they're getting roasted. And there's one that's just like, oh, no. (laughs) Just like watching his friend get roasted and... Sad times. What are we on, jungle? Yes. For my jungle creature, I'm going with the Gelagrub, which is a Felucian ground beetle, essentially. Okay. It's a giant ground beetle, and in a Clone Wars episode, they uh, literally ride them around in battle, the ba- in the Battle of Felucia, oh, I guess. Oh, yes. Oh, that's beautiful. I love those things. Yeah. I vaguely remember this, and I need to find a picture of it. <laughs> it's It's hilarious. So I can accurately react to it. <laughs> Dude, they're in Revenge of the Sith too, apparently. Yeah, I think they're in the background, maybe. I'll have to look for them next time. But I figured <laughs> jungle, why not add a giant bug? Yeah, absolutely. And I went straight to Felucia, and I had another thing on my list, but uh, maybe we'll be hearing that next, Matt. Maybe. I don't think. I don't know. We'll see. So the best thing is if you look up Gelagrub, the first thing that comes up is if you, like, actual, like, Wikipedia, like, oh, this is, like, what it is, and then visuals of it. There was a figure made of this, and then one of the first other hits really? is, what is this clone riding? And it's oh, no. a video about it. <laughs> a video on the Gelagrub. 
The Gellagrub, it's great. The Gellagrub. It's a big blue slug, essentially. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so for my creature, I am going to pick the Gorax huh. from Endor. They are the enemy of the Ewoks. They are giant furry creatures that hunt and eat Ewoks and are known to be incredibly hostile to visitors. In fact, uh, Luke and Leia and Wicket encounter uh, one of these things in another Forces of Destiny episode, uh, which is where they were canonized. Because um, hmm. they used to, they played a huge part in Legends where they, where they were actually very different in Legends because they were about human size. Um, but for some reason in canon, they're like giants now. <laughs> Uh, and they played a big part in the Caravan of Courage movies. It's pretty much like Bigfoot. <laughs> this is another one I had to look yeah. up quickly. And like all the photos, it's like comparison wise, it's like, yeah, it's pretty much a really, really big Bigfoot. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> big yeah. Bigfoot. In Battlefront big, 2, big, when you do like Bigfoot. the Ewok hunt mode, you can find like Gorax caves and stuff. So that's cool. Oh, oh really? Yeah. I'm very surprised you didn't go with the Acolyte. Yeah. I, you know what? I wanted to, but I want to, I want to do, I want to showcase some lesser known creatures all right that's fair as do i i'm just gonna pick the obvious ones i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) so to recap we have for the jungle world we have the kawakian monkey lizard which is salacious bee crumbs species and um you know the little small little guys that you see in resistance and also the kawakian ape lizards and stuff like that and we have the then we have the Gelagrubs, which are these big, glowing, four-eyed worms that the clones ride on Felucia in the background in Revenge of the Sith and also in Clone Wars, and apparently also as a corpse in Battlefront 2 is what I'm reading. So there you go. Huh. Keep an eye out for that. Look, look huh. for that. And then the Gorax, which is a giant Bigfoot-esque creature that hunts and eats Ewoks and tries to attack Luke and Leia while they're on Endor uh, in Return of the Jedi, but not... Uh, not pictured in Return of the Jedi, pictured in the Forces of Destiny episode. I guess this is my way of <laughs> advertising for Forces of Destiny for some reason, this episode. <laughs> which is <laughs> something favorite. I don't really even watch, but here we are. Which is which is funny, because in the pre-show, Matt kept confusing Galaxy of Adventures with Forces of Destiny, oh, just like misnaming them. And we're just like, wait, what are you talking about? And so it's interesting that you've mentioned it a few times and mentioned it correctly. So we're like, oh, hey, okay, you got this over there. (laughs) Keep it going. All right, so next up we have Snow. Snow? All right, all right, all right. I guess I'll go first. I'll choose the Ravenac, which was... The creature that jumped out of the ice and almost ate Mando's ship in the first episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, but ate the cap driver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That poor guy. <laughs> I like that. I like that guy a lot because that was actually the first time we see Mando like use um, the rifle, I'm pretty sure. He like sets the, the yeah. ship on autopilot and then he just like is hanging on the gangplank there and the mithril is just like, what are you doing? Come back. And Mando's just like, phew. It's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, he zaps them and he... He jumps right off. But I'm not saying that we should be praising a takedown of the creatures, but it was a very impressive takedown of that of that creature. Apparently they have blowholes on their head, which is, that I didn't know sense. that. makes sense. If it's a yeah. whale-type creature, then that would make total sense. It's a whale with claws and legs and two tusks. 
on the planet of Maldo Crease, but yeah. I want to go. I want to go because, like I said, I'm kind of, this is another one that I only have one selection because I don't know what else I would want to talk about. Go for it. So I picked the Tauntaun because you need transportation around and I just, just adorable. I guess I'm just picking the creatures that you can just like easily ride for transportation with the Bantha and the Tauntaun here and also just like (laughs) classic creatures, which is pretty funny. But yeah, I've always like loved them. Obviously, it's it's just like funny overall. Uh, they're just good creatures. I wonder what the noises that the Tauntauns make. I wonder what they recorded that noise of. It sounds like a camel. Yeah, probably yeah. a mix Maybe of like that. A, or a llama or some kind of dromedary. Yeah, it's like a little llama thing, but like sped up or something. But I, I love the little noise they make. Yeah. Yeah, another Star Wars animal that you have a. Stuffed the animal little, of Jamie. Yeah, yeah. The little target plushies <laughs> again. And that that's another yeah. one. The so like there's sound effects that like go through with each of them. And like that one, uh you cycle through them and it's all like the generic noises, and then there's one that literally sounds like a baby like crying. And I'm like, this, <laughs> this is so adorable, but I don't know why there's literally a baby crying in the middle of it. Alright, so I guess I'll go. So for my creature, I pick the Bonzami. Does anybody know what the Bonzami is? I no, tell not, us more. It is the out. large axe-headed creature that attacks Callus and Zeb on one of the moons of Geonosis when they get stuck oh. in the ice cave. Oh, yeah. And they have to escape. Nice. So I'm picking this giant ice lizard thing with this like big axe nose that likes to live in ice caves. I like it. Good choice. I, I love like including the animals from like Rebels and whatnot because in most cases you don't always get what they're they are actually named or what their species is you're just like oh that just guy just looks really cool and it's like uh, yeah exactly right. but animals play such an integral part in rebels because of ezra's right. ability to connect with them you know he connects with many True. animals over the course of his journey but he doesn't connect with the bonzami bonzami never uh doesn't get a chance yeah so to recap on the snow world we have the ravenock which is the giant walrus thing that lives under the ice <laughs> on Maldo Crease, which is the planet in Mandalorian that we first see. It's the planet where he takes the Mithral and then gets attacked by the giant walrus creature, which is called the Ravenock. So we have the Ravenock living under the ice, above the ice, and on the snow we have the Tauntauns, which are roaming free, um, but don't make it too cold or they'll freeze to death, which is a bad trait to have if you live on a snow planet. And then for the third creature, we have the Bonzami, which is a giant lizard-like creature with an axe nose that attacks Zeb and Callus. The next biome that we want to try to cover, let's do the grasslands. So this would be like a region that isn't necessarily a jungle, isn't necessarily a desert. So it's something in between what you would picture, like wide open fields, like that kind of thing. I'm going to pick the Famba. The, what? the famba the famba is the giant the creature that the gungans mount their shield arrays on in phantom menace oh those guys are huge they're huge dude guys. they're so cool they used to be like one of my favorite animals from the phantom menace i used to be obsessed with all of the creatures in the phantom menace i used to i literally tried to create like an animal compendium when i was a kid and i and <laughs> i would always draw like the famba as like my first creature uh, because I always loved the design. They're just like these giant 
quadrupedal tree trunk legged creatures. They're like dinosaurs, basically. And they like tower over everything else. And I like don't really know where they come, come from. If they come from the swamp or they come from the grasslands. Um, but I can't imagine they live in a swamp. That'd be too difficult. And we need some like really humongous creatures. I mean, we have the, the giant greater crate dragon and now we have the fambas. So we need a lot of space. I think we need to rent an entire new sanctuary moon, guys, for these creatures. Yeah, this will take up an entire sanctuary moon at this, this point. This is definitely a lot of space. Um, that we're going to need for these guys. Let me see. I'm between a couple different ones here. But I feel like what I need to go with, though, is the Lothwolf. Uh, we can't necessarily try to do anything without having a little bit of the connection of the Force, and so we have to at least include the Lothwolves in this conversation. Obviously not seen anywhere but on Lothal, but we will do that. I almost wanted to say, like, the Tuka cats, which are just the Loth cats, because those are on other planets, Well, they're just cats. <laughs> So <laughs> we got to go one step ahead and do some giant wolves because why not, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I like, it. I like it a lot. Would they be hard to contain because they also have like hyperspace capabilities where they're able to like teleport? They just be doing their own thing. So like they just come when they like want to and then it's just like, yeah, whatever. None of these <laughs> animals are really like contained per se. It's just kind of like, yeah, they're just, they're just here and they come and go as they please. My creature does not have any connection to the force to to our knowledge i am going with the shock <laughs> s-h-a-a-k which is the big pairs with legs oh, in episode two pairs with legs here we go guys <laughs> yes. you can't go you can't go grasslands and not talk about you these can't. guys these these guys are kings of the grass you can't go pair butts you can't or you can't you can't not pair go butts. Pair, pair butts so yeah, so these are the animals that Anakin is riding in the meadow scene in Attack of the Clones. So this is the second week in a row we've mentioned these poor creatures. <laughs> We're not going to be able to escape them, guys. Pairs with legs. The I big can't. pairs with legs. They're described as bulbous mammals. Bulbous mammals. I would describe it as a pair with legs. That's literally what <laughs> yeah, they are, yeah. dude. They are. One of the honorable mentions that I had actually was a blurg, but then I realized they're not necessarily native to grasslands. We just see them in like wide open spaces like on um, Ryloth and Arvala 7, right? Is that the yeah. planet where Quill is? Yeah. yeah so yeah. we see them like yeah. there. But uh, I I just love the blurgs. Talk about like pretty much fish with legs. <laughs> That's like what they are. I <laughs> love them so much. We were... We were in the store the other day in the toy aisle looking at the Star Wars stuff, and one was like a new set with like a blurg that came with a uh, quill, and I was like, oh. oh, oh, I really wanted to get it just to get the blurg, and like quill would have been like somewhere else, but that blurg, he would have been front and center. Sorry, she would have been front and center because as quill says, there's only female blurgs that make it to adulthood because they eat the males. They eat the males um, during the She, she would have been oh, front and center, just hanging out on like my desk area, and I would have been like, look at you. I would name her like Peach or something if I got a Peach. <laughs> All right. I like it. I, I also had written down the Reek and the Lothcat. Ooh, the Reek and the Lothcat. The Reek was obviously yeah. the uh, a fan fave from the Geonosian arena. Yeah. With yep. the horns. For sure, for sure. The Lothcat is also a fan favorite, but like like I said, it's just a yeah. bunch of cats. You can't like cage up like regular cats like you know how that is like once you, the saying cats out of the bag you can't put the cat back in the bag that's right <laughs> and so like they'd be everywhere our cat sanctuary not today maybe it could be like like overrun with it just like you know taking care of like pests and whatnot like in the actual like rest of the park so there might be a few just like <laughs> tukas around just like chilling 
So to recap on the grasslands, we have the Famba, which is the giant creature that holds the shields uh, for the Gungans in the Phantom Menace. We have the Loth Wolves, which are the wolves that kind of embody Kanan's spirit after he dies and talk to Ezra and teleport them across the planet and do all kinds of crazy mystical stuff. Uh, and they're also Dave Filoni's favorite creatures, just wolves in general, but the Loth Wolves especially. And we also have the Shocks, which are the giant pear butt creatures that we talked about last week uh, in our uh, Attack of the Clones recap, but also um, they, need a, they needed a mention this week, and they need a mention in all subsequent weeks after this. But, especially this week, they play an <laughs> integral part uh, in the Naboo ecosystem. Their fertilizer is very popular among Naboo farmers, according to the book Queen's Shadow. So, fun fact there. Huh. We just have so much information about it. It's absolutely ridiculous. Dude, let's, they have to create so much fertilizer. Look at that butt, <laughs> dude. That's like 90% fertilizer, that animal. Ah, uh, all right. <laughs> okay, let's, let's wrap it up. So, our last category is rocky terrain slash caves. I figured we could like clump these two together because you might have caves while there's Rocky, but caves might be in some other situation, but regardless. And I just realized I totally squandered mentioning the blurg earlier because I could have said it for this category, and I'm very upset. So I need to pick something else now. So we don't have too many birds on our uh, in our biomes here, I don't think. You're right. So I'm going to go up with a bird, a Nemoidian pilot bird. Okay. Ever hear of them? What? No. They're status symbols with the Nemoidians. They keep them... Well, wealthy Nemodians keep them in uh, special cages. Apparently, they appear in a deleted scene in The Phantom Menace, and they look pretty red. It's basically like a big peacock slash parrot combined. Huh. The Nemodian pilot bird? Yep. Spelt with a Y. So this thing lives in a cave? Oh, my God. It's literally just a cockatoo. They keep them in cages. So it lives in a cage, not in a cave. Yeah. I think you misinterpreted the prompt here. <laughs> Is it rocky or caves? Not cages. Wait a minute. Is Nemoidia... Cato <laughs> Nemoidia is a, a mountainous planet, isn't it? Yeah, the Nemoidian Mountains. Yeah, I mean, we visit there and... Uh, yeah, it's it's raw. It's it's mountainous. I'll give it to you. So the pilot bird, well, I, which I, is just a cockatoo. I went to mountain region animals and they were there. <laughs> I love it. All right, all right. You're lucky you picked one that it comes from a mountainous planet, so makes sense. In that sentence there, it says cages. Oh, man, what a choice. I love it. All right, so for for my animal, we are going to go to Bogano, and hey. we're going to snatch ourselves a binog. No Ogdo Bogdo? No, no. Not the Octobogno. Not the Octo. Keep those things away from me. <laughs> no. Oh my god, no. The Binog is the giant dragon thing that like sleeps on the top of the cliffs and you can like bother him, but you can't ever get close to him because he's oh, like yeah. right off he's like right uh, yeah. out of bounds. Yeah. And he like chills. I love that. And when you're like you're in like a certain room, he like looks down like from the top of the <laughs> cave, he like peeks his head into through the hole and he like looks at you. Hey guys, what's going on? Yeah. So I want a binog. That's what I want for the uh, for our mountainous regions. He can just like sleep and chill all day and watch other people do stuff. That's great. It's You're really closing good. out with the massive guys here. Well, if you really want to close out with the massive one, I'm pretty sure that I need to go with the absolutely most vicious uh, kind of rocky related animal in Star Wars that there is, the Porg. 
Oh. We're gonna. <laughs> That's actually not my choice. Although they what would, a they they would fit the prompts because you know Octo is very like rocky and there are yeah. a bunch of caves. Yeah. But yeah, I'd act. My pick is actually going to be the Rancor because we need to go as big as possible with this. And a Rancor, you know, lives in a cave, so we got a vicious and as big as possible. And yeah, I like it. Definitely the stinkiest member of Jabba's palace. <laughs> I would yes. say so. I would probably say so. Actually, Jabba is then the Rancor. Jabba's not to be outdone in his own palace, after all. <laughs> this is true. To recap on our caves and rock section of the, the biomes, we have the Nemoidian pilot bird, which is like just a little cockatoo guy. I love him. I can't stop looking at this picture. It's hilarious. Anybody who doesn't know, go- oh my God, you got to Google Nemoidian pilot bird, pilot, pilot. Spelled P Y L A T. Uh, he's great. He's he's just chilling in his little thing, and I can't stop looking at him. Uh, we have the Binog, which is like this giant furry sleepy dragon j- thing that's completely benevolent, doesn't want to hurt you. Sleeps on the uh, cliff sides of Bogano and uh, watches Cal get into all kinds of hijinks on the planet. And then we have the Rancor, which is another sweet benevolent little guy who likes to hang out and do stuff. But, you know, just don't don't hang out with him when he's hungry. All right, so that was Galactic Park. I think we selected some fantastic animals and creatures for our biomes. That was, that was a lot of fun. So we now move on to the question of the week, and that is, what actor or actress that hasn't been in Star Wars would you want casted in a Star Wars project, and what role would they play? Ooh, what role would they play? You're really putting me on the spot. So honestly, I'm just like rolling through like some of like my like favorite like movies and whatnot, like who are like a short list of characters who are actors and actresses that aren't in Star Wars. First person I thought of was Charlize Theron, because you know, Imper- Imperator Furiosa and Mad Max Fury Road, and she's like the queen and Snow White and the Huntsman and whatnot. Um, she's just so so intense, and I love her so much, and I would love to see her in a Star Wars movie somehow. I would say as some sort of like Sith person, maybe like the Acolyte in the future. Um, or if we re- roll it back even farther, I think maybe even she'd potentially be a great Avar Chris. Ooh. Maybe. See? She could rock it. It's you, funny. <laughs> that's funny because I my choice is also for Avar Chris. Oh, boy. Mine is too. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Tell, we probably picked Who'd the same pick? person. Maybe not. I picked. No, I don't think so. I picked Jodie Whittaker. As Avar Chris, uh, I think she would be a great Avar Chris. I think she matches the look of the character a lot and the spirit. That could work. Um, very well. I think she could definitely be. She she'd definitely be a good choice. So for my Avar Chris, which is it seems like, who do you want to play Avar Chris? Is the question here. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Really, I think would be great. Really, and I think she would also be. I think she would also be very uh, good as a Sith person yeah. too as jamie sort of said for her person so i think she could also easily slide into the acolyte yes I, yeah i just i can't wait i can for see her as more the news about the acolyte yeah she mm, she just has such a mysterious look about her that's why like i like said at first for charlie's theron was just like she has just such a strong look about her and it's like okay yeah she's wicked intense and like i want i want to see her like wreck havoc on something and like that would be that'd be happening in the acolyte and that'd be insane i could definitely see her more as a sith than as Avar Chris, because Avar Chris is supposed to be like older. Anya Taylor Joy is only like what? Yeah. Twenty four. She's our age. She's around our age. Yeah, she's young. Yeah, well, I don't know. 
Avar Chris doesn't look old. Avar Chris is well, but she's but she's a Jedi Master though, so she's definitely at least like you know, thirties. <laughs> yeah, least. at least thirties. <laughs> at least thirty. Yeah. Obi Wan is like the fan casting for and still a Padawan. The fan casting for Avar Chris seems to be like Brie Larson. Nah, but. I don't see Brie Larson. I I would like to see Brie Larson. I see her all the time. I do not see her as. Yeah. I see a lot of Jodie Whittaker for Avar Chris. Again, I guess this is like the different circles that we run in. <laughs> the different worlds that we live in in Star Wars. I guess so. I haven't seen a lot of like fan casting so far about High Republic stuff, but in general, though, I I would love to see like um, Brie Larson in Star Wars at all. Like I love seeing the behind the scenes of when she did Captain Marvel with um, Samuel Jackson and talking about like Mace Windu's lightsaber, and she was geeking out over it. And I just I just love seeing someone who has that much passion for Star Wars getting to be in Star Wars. Like a uh, like we get like Ming Na Wen. She always was like a huge like star wars fan and then she gets to be in it uh in, at two different levels of actually doing like live action stuff and voice now and it's just like i i love to see it i love seeing it turn around and be like yeah i was a fan of this and now i get to actually be in it i love that yeah that's a that's like a great kind of enthusiasm you get out of people i think the biggest challenge with any sort of fan castings in general is like you think about like other like really popular movies right now and like you will a lot of people like tend to just pick like those characters. Like a lot of people will pick actors who have been in the MCU, for example, and like just like try to translate them over. And it's like, well, the biggest thing about Star Wars is they always, at least for like their lead roles, they try to get people who are pretty much no names and then make them yeah. into these ultra stars by like literally making Star Wars. And that's something that's like really unique about Star Wars, which I hope that they do continue to do. And for the most part, they have. On on occasion though, they will get like a re- a few like really big names in order to just like fill additional roles, like um, Diego Luna as Cassian. Like he was a huge superstar. He still is, obviously. Like before he even like thought about doing Star Wars. So Lucasfilm, if you're listening, and I know you are, take our suggestions. Cast three different people as uh, Avar Chris. Thank you so much for listening to the Holland Up Marauders podcast. This was our 20th episode. We are so, so, so thankful to all of our listeners for the support so far, and we can't wait to make more content for you. I want to thank AJ, I want to thank Matt, and this is Jamie, so thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. You can follow us on Twitter, at Holland Up Marauder, on Instagram, at Holland Up Marauders. Check out our blog, hollandupmarauders.com. Then we also have a YouTube channel, just search for Holland Up Marauders. Then we additionally have a Patreon, just search for Holland Up Marauders. Thank you so much for listening to the Holland Up Marauders podcast.